We are almost live. We were kind of alive for a completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, October 29th, 2014, alongside fresh off the honeymoon and fresh off the marriage, Ian Fer- Ferguson. Howdy. <laughs> that was delayed. That hasn't changed at all. I'm Pat Contry. So uh, coming up on the show today, we'll be discussing uh, the DC announcing their movie lineup, only to, be follow- only to be followed by Marvel announcing their movie events. At the Marvel event. That's the Marvel event announcing movies. See how tired I am? We're talking about uh, modern games and tutorials, Call of Duty sales on the decline, WWE Hell in the Cell recap and thoughts about what's going to go forward in wrestling, and your Q&A. So, Ian, how, how was the wedding? Well, the wedding was super fun. You were there, uh, and there were cupcakes. Um, there were cupcakes and a lot lots of, of icing on the cupcakes. Lots of icing on the cupcakes. <laughs> there were a lot of people there, and uh, you know, a couple people before the wedding told me, you know, don't you know, don't feel like you have to go say hi to everyone. But you know, Vani and I did our rounds, but I, I don't even really know who showed up and who wasn't there. There was a lot of people, but you know, you don't honestly see that many people outside of your head table or people who come up to you and. We had a blast, and you know, I had a lot of friends in from out of town that I was really happy to see. And Bonnie and I had a great time, and um, the honeymoon in Toronto was even better. Um, I love that city. I've always loved that city. When I lived in Buffalo, I'd go up there every weekend. And Bonnie had always wanted to go, and she didn't want to leave. But uh, we went to, you know, we went to some of the museums. We went to a board game bar called Snakes and Loggers. That was really awesome. Um, we went to a bunch of different restaurants. We ate really well. Um, and yeah, without getting into a lot of, you know, detail about, you know, all the things we saw and did, it was, I mean, the wedding and the honeymoon were fantastic. I joked with Vani the morning after the wedding that the main reason people have weddings is so that you can experience the utter relief and relaxation of knowing that it's all done. That's it. Because, like, that's the main thing. All this effort you put into it. Because if you love someone, you love someone, you're going to yeah. be with them. Why the have it? You know, but the, because you do it for family and stuff like that. But then you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, it's finished. And we had a smaller party with family and friends in Buffalo that was way more laid back. It was very casual jeans and t-shirts, and that was fun, too. Some good pictures from that. But um, the only thing I can't say is that I feel rested. Because, you know, we did as much as we could while we were in Toronto, and we were always trying to see people in Buffalo, and, uh, yeah, I'm exhausted. I, I We landed on Monday, and we were both back to work on Tuesday. Oh, woe was me. I had a two-week vacation. Yeah. Um, so, you had the honeymoon. You also went back home to Buffalo. You didn't really mention that. Yeah, so, well. after the, the wedding, we spent two days in uh, San Diego just chilling, and then we went back to Buffalo to see family before going up to Toronto, so that we could see the family, because my mom's side of the family is like 30 people, and there was no way, you know, they could all come out. So, um, we did that, but, you know, Vani was very happy. She knocked off, like, 12 issues of X-Men Volume 4 and a shitload of trade paperbacks, and she got super caught up on a lot of her comics, and, yeah, it was, I don't know, just very relaxing hanging around home. Um, she gets along famously with my parents, as do I, and, um, it was just... That was a really nice section of the vacation as well. That was probably the most relaxing part of it. Was just hanging out and doing nothing. So while you were doing nothing. I uh, I've been doing some stuff myself. Went to Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Mm-hmm. 
what was that, a week ago? I don't know. Two weeks ago? I don't know. I'm, I'm losing track of my mind and time. And time. Losing track of everything. That was awesome, though. I got to, uh, I was roommates with uh, Joey, Rue DeCenter who, DeCenter, who used to do videos called 16-Bit Gems. And also, um, I got the room with Brennel Floss, my buddy Brent Black, who also performed. He was, that was the first time there in Portland. And it was great. It was, we went, we went to, uh, Ground Control on Friday night, which is like tradition. Got to play some nice pinball machines. Unfortunately, they, they did not have the Medieval Madness, uh, there or at the convention. I think it must have been getting fixed. Huh. Uh, so it wasn't at either last year. Uh, Jared, Joey, and I played Medieval Mass for like two hours. So that wasn't there. But they had a bunch of other good ones. You know, you'd love it. I mean, Black Knights, you like that one. That's there. They have, Pinbot, like they have Pinbot. I think Bride of Pinbot. They've all like the era you like, yeah. besides some newer ones. And they have like the cool newer Williams ones, like the. Um, well, you don't like it, but I like I like the, uh, the the bar brawl one. I think it's a really fun. I one. fucking hate that. I like it. I think Champion it's fun. Pub. I Champion can't stand I think that it's, one. I think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, teach their own. Um, I like how you get so bent out of shape with that. No, um, it, it, but, because it's really the only. It's one of the very few. I like pinball so much that even bad pinball machines, I generally like. But Champion Pub, I lose interest like immediately. Uh, okay. I think it's, it's cool. just weird. Yeah, a little jump rope thing, you know. <laughs> Too many gimmicks. Yeah, the jump rope and the speed bag, and then the whatever. I mean, it, that, it's, it's, you, you know what cool in the handle? You don't see often the, the Popeye one. That's oh, that's a weird one. It's beautiful. With yeah. the, you go up. You have the you have the ship up top. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really cool one, though. But you don't back, see one. Back glass is strange. His arms are replaced with flippers. Yes, that's, that's and it's got like this weird environmentalist message. That's it, like it's, it's a very that's weird cool though. It's, oh yeah, you'll see like stuff like that. Um, I'm brought, I'll end up getting Big Lebowski, I guess, at some point. I don't know. Anyway, so um, I did my panel. I met I met all the fans, which was, which was great. I bought some manuals. Um, and then uh, I did the the panel with uh, Steve Lynn and Frank Cifaldi. Retro Game Roadshow went very well. Um, and then I got an item at the auction. I was absentee, so I put it in a phantom bid. And I bought myself a Sega Master System kiosk, which I've wanted for years. They never come up for auction. It's not here yet. It's got to be mailed to me. But I am the king of the kiosk. Yay, me. I also, also did a solo podcast. You said you weren't going to listen to any of it, but I know you watched some of it. I saw some clips I, on YouTube. Oh, no, uh, you I, commented I, on clips I made, on YouTube. I made comments. doesn't mean I listened to so a what, single you, word of you, it. So you loaded up the URL and hit stop as soon as the video? Yeah. Like, at least give me the ad revenue from that? Or give us the ad revenue yeah, from that? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> I, hit, I, I hit stop right before you start talking, and I scroll through the comments, and I make a couple of comments. How do you comment on something that you, you didn't watch? Uh, no, I just comment on other people commenting. Why didn't you want to comment? Or, or watch, why didn't you want to watch me on my own? Because it's weird. Why is it weird? Because you're just talking to yourself in a room. What do you think most radio shows are? I don't know. That's just strange to me. I, I had a radio show in college. I maybe maybe, maybe if there wasn't a video associated with it. But is that too weird? You don't know, like your replacement at all? I think your replacement was very, very well prepared for a lot of the conversation. He's got the right gut. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we ate well on the honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, uh, Vani did try to listen to it, and she said that your sweet sounds put her directly to sleep. She was asleep within 20 minutes of trying to listen to that podcast. Well, there you go. 20 <laughs> minutes in, I'm not even sure what I was talking about. But I also did an interview, um, which was originally was going to be part of the podcast, but it went so long, I interviewed Brent, uh, Brent Floss, for about an hour, just about life on YouTube, how it was six, seven years ago when he started out versus now. Really fascinating, and no one really talks about it, how YouTube works, and how do you get into it? How do you get noticed? Blah, blah, blah. So that'll be a sol- totally separate project, I guess, inside the YouTube studio, you can call it. And maybe I'll interview other people along the way. So that'll be cool. And uh, we're also gearing up for the fifth annual NES Marathon, benefiting the Children's Miracle Network on November 8th and 9th. We are still taking donations. 
They are very, very tax deductible. 100% tax deductible. Very tax deductible. <laughs> so tax deductible, in fact. At nesmarathon.com. And also, we're still looking for sponsors. We're accepting sponsors up until probably Tuesday or Wednesday of next week because I need, I need all the materials in for that. We're going to be testing the stream next week. And then we're going to be. Are you excited for the marathon? I am, as long as I'm not nearly this tired. Last year, we spoke. We had a whole segment on. I'll add that. We talked about our, our marathon memories of the past. We'll t- we can talk about our marathon memories from last year real quick later on. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, we're going to have lots of like guests. James Rolfe, Brent, Brent will also be a guest. Uh, Pro Jared, uh, Andre from Black Nerd Comedy. Well, he is Black Nerd Comedy. It's not from it. Um, and a few other folks. Maybe 8-Bit Alley will get in the action. And so that'll be cool. And we're going to have giveaways. We're still going through it. We're kind of... We're you know, a little behind this year due to life events and stuff. But we'll, we'll still, we'll still, we'll still do well. We're gonna, we're gonna also gonna have, which we didn't do last year. We'll have the classic moments from the fourth annual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it talk about it right now? What are your some your fondest memories of the NES marathon last year? Oh, mostly sucking at sports games and <laughs> dancing to Maniac Mansion. That's pretty much all I really. That's remember. all you remember. Uh, I remember I, it going fairly smoothly last year. Yeah, it did go very smooth. Uh, it, I didn't. My eyes started screwing up on me probably six, seven in the morning. Oh, I remember. Sunday, I remember you were trying more, to more, more delirious than usual last year. No, I, I wasn't delirious. I, I don't even think I was wacky. The problem was, is I, my eyes got tired. I was awake in trying to like match up email addresses with donations for games. It. Yeah, it's a three-step process, and that was two steps too many for me towards the end. Oh, poor yeah. Ian. Uh, we're also going to set up, this is a good reminder for me, I'm going to set up a, a way to donate via PayPal if you don't have a credit card. However, towards the main goal, it's going to have to be uh, Ustream since our minimum goal is 10000 Um So that's coming up. Please donate. Even a dollar helps. And, uh, yeah, so this has been a lot of superhero movie news going on. Yeah. During, during the solo podcast last week, that was most of it. Was talking about superhero stuff. Yeah, and you commented on the DC lineup, which I, I obviously I, I probably should have been around for. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, what 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 is there for me to do here besides? I mean, I can I, I can say a billion times that Zack Snyder's awful. I don't think he has any clue what he's doing. Um, you know, you look at here are my two things that I, I would say about the DC movie lineup. Um, I think it's really ballsy of DC to go ahead and try to lay out a Marvel Universe style lineup. Uh, reason being is okay. So Superman did well. Why? Because it's Superman. Okay, I it, thought the movie was awful. It did fairly well. Fairly well. Yeah, it wasn't even a runaway success. It wasn't like Iron Man. Success. No, 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 no. It, it did fairly well. Um, I hated it. Everyone knows that. But it generated enough money to get, um, you know. Uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Butt Crack Shit, you know, greenlit. And I don't think that's a proper title, Ian. I think it might be. Um, and that's going to do well because there's Batman and Superman in it. But after that, that's where the lineup starts to fall apart. People don't know Suicide Squad. I, I Even people who are fans of Wonder Woman, and I am, don't think that Gal Gadot is a good cast. What, what happens if after Batman v Superman these movies start tanking. I mean, there's no guarantee... I, I don't think there's any guarantee... I mean, there's no guarantee we're going to see this through to the end. Well, one of my points was is that since they're going in the opposite direction, and they're trying to introduce, like, four or five characters, I guess, in in Batman versus Superman court case of the ages, 
that what if you don't care for any of those performances in there? What if when Jason Momoa shows up underwater for those five seconds, what if you're like, I don't want to see a movie with that guy? You already you already like ruined the opportunity. Right. You're killing. You know? yeah, right, right. By putting all of them in this one movie, you're sh- you're potentially shooting yourself in the foot. If they don't like that performance, then you've already guaranteed a certain chunk of people aren't going to go see sure. those single movies. Um, that's with that being said, the Jason Momoa Aquaman is the only one that I have any interest in seeing, and that's only if Zack Snyder doesn't direct it. Because at least that's somewhat inspired casting. Like, it, I, right. I think that's a very neat choice for cast uh, for, for for Aquaman, and I am actually an Aquaman fan. Um, so that I would want to see if Zack Snyder's not touching it. Well, he's only doing he's only going to be doing. Uh, I think the, the bigger ones. Yeah, right? he's only doing Justice League uh, Part One and Two. Okay. So that was the other big announcement. They're going to do Part One and Two two years apart. Which is interesting, which makes you believe, okay, it's going to be the same story. You guess it being part one and part two that it will be. So then they have Cyborg Guy has his own movie in 2007. Cyborg! He's Cyborg Guy. A Green Lantern reboot, which will be in- interesting. It could be... Um, yeah, in 2020, just long enough for everyone to forget about the last one. You feel bad that they, they couldn't even connect that one. Then again, we're going to have a Deadpool movie, so Ryan Reynolds is going to be doing that anyway. So. Yeah. So anyway, so, um, yeah, so go on, Ian. But we've got the Marvel, so then the Mar- Marvel comes out, and they roll out their entire Phase 3 plans. In, in an Apple-style event, which is really cool. No one's done this before. Yeah, and, um, I mean, we've got some interesting stuff. So, you know, there's the Captain America Civil War, but then we've also got the, um, we've got Doctor Strange officially announced. That was officially announced. The Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We have Thor 3, Ragnarok. We have Avengers Age of Ultron. We have Black Panther coming, which I'm excited for. I love Black Panther. Um, most of what I've read has been his involvement in the X-Men, but I, I, I like Black Panther quite a bit. And then you've got more deep cuts, because at this point, Marvel can do no wrong. We've got Captain Marvel, and we've also got an, uh, an Inhumans movie, which is going to make my wife incredibly happy, and a lot of people like me very confused. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 well, I think what's most interesting about this is that, well, well, there's a lot of things that interest me. But that, we're, we're also forgetting the last two real quick. Uh, Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and Infinity War Part 2. So those were the movies that were announced. Well, we knew there was going to be an Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet with, with things. There had to have been, yeah. But we didn't know they were going to do it in two movies, which is really cool to split it. And I didn't know that they were going to push it so far back. I mean, this is this is also, to me a way of them showing that they know what they're doing and that they're really planning. They show you Thanos at the end of the first Avengers movie. Which is 2012. Right. And they're not really... Pl- and and they, they, he's... He's, you know, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy, but in kind of a side role. They're not really bringing him in until Avengers 3. Yeah. You know, I mean... Well, he might show up in Avengers 2 or Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Sure, but... But he, not as a main villain. Yeah, so as a main villain, I mean, they're teasing that incredibly early. Well, they're, they're sort of establishing. They've been establishing all the all the gems in the movies one by one. Yeah. You know? So, so uh, you know, in this in Loki's staff, there's a gem. Yes. The collector had one, and that and the other one in Guardians uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was it one or two of them, or it's the same one in Guardians of the Galaxy that from from Thor two, and then I think there's another one in the Lo- in, in in Odin's vault of weapons. So they're establishing that all these are was there five or six of them that are out there. You know, so he has to go get them. So I, I guess it's going to take four, five, six more movies in order for him to get them all. Yeah, which makes sense. But I think you know? I, 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 what I think is really cool is that they chose Thanos to kind of be the 
the the long running bad guy. Well, here. he's the biggest villain in the Marvel universe. Well, he is, but he's also unknown to a lot of people. I mean, you can't forget back at the end of Avengers one how many people didn't have any freaking clue who the hell Thanos but was. Then it, then this slow burn makes even more sense. Yeah, because in Guardians of the Galaxy, you're like, this guy's badass. Like, yeah, he's on his throne. He's to- now we realize this is a threat. Oh, this is the guy from Avengers. And right, he'll show up more and more, and he'll definitely be in Guardians of the Galaxy too, because it's and he'll definitely be in Captain Marvel. So I don't know what we can go. We can go down the list and say what's surprising most of this. Uh, are you are you surprised they're doing Civil War this early, 2016? Uh, I mean, basically, only two movies away. They're going to set it up in Avengers two, which everyone's already already forgetting that the next Marvel movie coming out is Avengers two. Yeah, is that kind of weird? It's like, oh, Avengers two is coming out. Then you're going to have Ant Man. Um, no, I I don't think it's that weird. I think it's. What's weird is that they say the secret identities aren't going to play as big of a role, which is a, which was a huge part of Civil War. Um, I liked Civil War. I know some people. It seems to it seems to be such a love or hate um, arc, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, it's I, I'm just interested in seeing how they play it out without having a bunch of because Civil War brought so many characters into it yeah, into the storyline. And they could do that, but without establishing them first, they run the risk of making too many of the moviegoers scratch their head. So I think for Civil War, it really needs to be... Um, a, I, th- I think thematically, it's more going to be uh, Captain America and Iron Man and uh, very different viewpoints on... on on, on registration, right, superhero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Almost like mutant registration, but it's superhero registration. Right. So I think it's going to be more the politics of it and yes. less the actual event that it was. Well, I think, but but you have to have the ramifications of there in there with the hero struggling. So this is why the rumor was that, and I guess they have been talking at least so much, is that Marvel Studios has been talking with Sony to at least try to get Spider-Man in that Civil War movie because Spider-Man was almost like he was caught in the middle of that. And at least having... If he brought Spider-Man in, obviously that would be a huge win for Marvel Studios to be able to get him into the universe. And Sony would win out, too, to, to invest life in, into that rotting carcass of a franchise they have right yeah, now. That they I, don't I, much with. I agree yeah. as well. Instead of them, you know, shooting out these movies that people always say, hey, they're okay. They're products. They're yeah, not even films, films to me. No. I mean, I mean, you can say, oh, the Marvel Studios are products. Yeah, but you can see artistic merit in those. Yeah. Maybe Spider-Man 2 was like, okay... It's like six out of ten at most. It's like, all right, it doesn't. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I don't want to watch it again. And I, I hate to say it because Spider-Man is my favorite character. You know, I would love to see him get a movie in the style and tone of Guardians of the Galaxy made that well. You know, that would be great. Yeah, I, you know? I want. I, I've never been a huge Spidey fan. I think he's best in auxiliary roles when he's helping the Avengers or stuff. He's good for wisecracks, but um, yeah, I, I've never been. I saw the first two. Didn't see the third. I just didn't. I had no interest in seeing the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Anyway, I mean, as far as that goes, currently what they're saying is, um, Feig was vague in saying that it was either not true at all or something not ready to be announced yes. yet uh, about Spider-Man. But I mean, that's just speak. He can't say anything. I think it would be hugely beneficial for Sony to make some money on this and let the yeah. and let Marvel. It's- Marvel Studios do cross something. Po- yeah, they can cross pollinate because the, the the Sony movies lined up is like the, there's not going to be Amazing Spider-Man three. It's going to be Sinister Six, and they're going to do a female oriented one off of the Spider-Man universe. What's so they're going to do a Black Cat movie? No one's going to see that, especially how they're not really building them up at all. Yeah. You know, so it's like Sony has to, to throw in the towel and be like, all right, 
we've got to do something where we, it's mutually beneficial. They just have to. Yeah. I think they're going to start realizing because Amazing Spider-Man 2, is, these are not doing the business of the Marvel movies. When Amazing Spider-Man 2 does not do the business of Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. that's that's a big red flag. That's Being that sure. Spider-Man is the biggest superhero in the Marvel Universe and the movie's not even close to being to the top. I, I wish... You know. I wish- Fox would do something like that with the X Men as well because I I enjoyed um, at least they're handling the, that franchise pretty well at this point. Though. Uh, Fantastic Four, no, but at least the X Men they are. They are, but I still think Marvel Studios would do it better. Oh, of course. I mean, and, at this point, we know that Marvel would do it better because they really haven't screwed up any of these movies by and large. All of them at least have been watchable, and they haven't tarnished. You can say what you will about Iron Man three and the Mandarin. I thought it. I thought it was a gutsy decision to do that. Some a lot of people disagree. I thought it was a great movie. I, I thought I, it was good. I, 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 here's the thing. I thought it was a great movie while at the same time not really liking what they did with the Mandarin. But I liked the movie yes. all the same. It, it was, was still it was a interesting. good movie. I liked that it was. It was like James Bond, Tony yeah. Stark. I liked. The, that the only thing I did not like was the um, CG jizz fest at the end. Like I could have really done without that. A, a thousand Iron Man I mean, suits. It just I, I, CG like that bores me to tears. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was a fun movie. Uh, let's just run down these real quick and go. I guess go through them one by one in our, in our thoughts. Real so quick. real quick, we're, all right, so I already announced them all, but we've got. Let's try to try to go in some order because <laughs> because the list we're looking at is not even in order. No. At, the, at the bottom it is though. Okay. So we got Doctor Strange after Civil War. I think Civil War. We're we're already skipping Ant Man. I think that's going to be a toss up. Whether that's going to be interesting or not to me, I'm, I'm going to see all these probably though. Ant Man is the one that I have almost zero interest in, and I've I've explained my reasons before. before. So, um, so Civil War interested in. We've yeah. talked about it. Doctor Strange, I think, is a good follow up to it because it's going to be. It's definitely going to be a weirder movie. Um, so it, it's going it, it could cleanse ha- the palate a bit after right. Civil it could War. have a, it could still have a more a serious tone, but it's not going to be as serious as Civil War. They cast Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago about you know who, the people who were in the who, running. Who um, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is probably going to do just fine as an actor for Doctor Strange. Looks wise, though, man, I just can't see him as. Well, you put a goatee on, I think he'll be fine. I mean, he's just I th- I think he'll be fine. He's unique but he's but he's like the christian bale choice of batman like everyone wanted him and they got him you know yeah i mean people so, said johnny depp and i was like johnny depp no not johnny depp. i'm it's one too of the few point. people who was like eh, benedict you know i mean yeah. i, I would have preferred i mean walking phoenix would you have preferred no i would have preferred a john ham <laughs> oh john you, you want john ham for everyone um i love john ham and then you have guardians of the galaxy 2 which they pushed up to may 5th 2017 um and by the way they pushed dr strange back from july to november of next of 2016. That's yeah, so they're accelerating these, and it's got they're accelerating them. They're getting up to three Marvel movies a year. They're going to have yes. them basically starting 2017, May, July, November, which is a great release schedule. Yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I'm excited. It's James Gunn directing it again. I also like that they're trying to keep thematically like some of these more important movies that with with more important directors. Where the director's vision was really a big part of it. Sure. They're getting that movie back again, so we're getting that with Guardians of the Galaxy. Thor, I haven't seen a single Thor movie yet, so I guess I don't care. Um, but I would like to see them. I I know people who really like them. Thor is I- interesting because I'm always wary for 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 time, and plus these actors get older. That between the time between Thor two and three is like three years and like eight months. Just about. I'm always wary about why can't they do them every three years at least, every two and a half. This is almost four years in between. You can do a lot he, with makeup. Sure, and plus he's he's pretty young. He's probably only about 30, 34 at this point, thirty three. Chris Hemsworth, but um, the fact of the matter is that 
it's not as big a deal like this because Thor's going to be showing up in all these other movies anyway. He'll be in Avengers 2. He'll probably be in Civil War. Yes. So, I mean, it's He's not as big a deal. He's still getting FaceTime. He's still getting FaceTime. I think Thor is the most interesting in terms of this franchise because the standalones, at least Thor 2, is, is totally disconnected, really, from all the other, like, you know, from Earth. It's like, it's basically, some of it t- takes place on Earth, but it's really their own separate story. They're all doing their own thing. That's why it's, it's almost like another palate cleanser where, all right, it's Thor Ragnarok. It's another one of the worlds that Thor goes to and, and fights sure. him. It gives Thor a chance to shine because I think when Thor shows up to the to Civil War and he shows up to um, Avengers, he's almost just the muscle and he doesn't get a chance to do anything. Right. You know, so that's fine. Now, see, now Black Panther coming up, I'm really excited about that. And they've announced he's going to show up in Civil War. Uh, yeah. Well, this is. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Okay, fantastic. See, what I'm excited about is they're bringing in Strange, they're bringing in Black Panther. What they're doing is, is now. They're not just reiterating the, the the four Avengers. They're bringing in new heroes, and what because okay, so Civil War can be rewritten to focus on two people. Really, it, it can be. You can take that sort of storyline and, and, mm-hmm. and do that properly because you have the two main principles, Captain and Iron Man, well established, and they don't always get along in the movies, anyways. But you leading up to Infinity War. You really need as many players in the Marvel Universe as you can have. So I'm happy yes. they're bringing in people like Black Panther and uh, people like Doctor Strange. That's very, very important. Yeah, and you don't know who else is going to show up in Civil War. There could be other minor characters that they've announced. Obviously, the movie's two full years away almost. Yeah, not so they're, everyone... they're not going to start filming for probably another, I'd say, six, seven months. You know, something like that. So who knows what can happen? Captain Marvel, I don't know a whole lot about. That's so. surprising, and that's the female new version. That's, oh, okay, that's not right, Marvel. Right, right. This is uh, what's her name? As it, uh, Carol Danvers. So, um, this was surprising that the first female lead movie would would not be Black Widow. So, Black Widow, I guess I realized she can't carry her own film; it'd just be a spy movie. Just have Black Widow show up in the Captain America movies she, and Avengers, and you know she acts else. very well. But it, it's like they said they, they feel like Hulk and Black Widow do well best with the Avengers, and that's probably fine. I mean, one of my favorite things about um, Captain America Two was actually Scarlett Johansson's mm-hmm. portrayal of Black Widow, but it was because she had such a good part. They played so well off each other. You're right. A Black Widow movie would be a spy movie. Sure. That's, that's about it. So it's interesting that actually Captain, Amer- Captain Marvel comes out after Avengers Part 1. It comes out a couple months later. So in between Avengers Infinity yeah, Avengers. War Part 1 and 2, what's, what's that? Captain Marvel comes out after Avengers Part 1. You mean Avengers Part 2? Avengers Part 1 uh, in 2018 is May. Captain Marvel is July. Oh, part, okay, right, right, right. So right. basically you're going to have the start of Infinity War, which will probably be everyone in the Marvel Universe being splintered and getting their ass kicked by Thanos, and then they're going to try to throw in more of the cosmic stuff in between with Captain Marvel and the, and the Inhumans. Um, and then go back to part two where probably it all comes to a head, where you have like this cosmic multi-dimensional fight, just like the comic book, which honestly, I brought up in the show, I'm not a fan of the Infinity Gauntlet story. I think it's pretty shallow. Infinity Gauntlet is only one part of the Infinity War, though. But this... Yeah, but that's the first major part, and that's probably yeah. what the two-part movie's going to be. Sure. So basically, I like splitting it, and I like that it's only a year apart, because then, like I said, you get the in-between, and I don't think there's going to be another Marvel movie announced, at least right now, in-between that. So obviously they're gonna, there's going to be something probably July 2019 and November 2019, but we're not near yet. That'd be Phase 4. So they have this set now. They yeah. have it lined up. We forgot the Inhumans. Well, I said about the Inhumans is going to come oh, in yeah. between part one and part two. What's interesting about the Inhumans is there's it's another thing like Guardians of the Galaxy where there have been multiple casts. Yes. So it's going to be very interesting, I think, for a lot of people to see which 
which characters they pull for the actual movie. So yeah, I'm not. I, I'm fairly happy with this list of movies. And, and of course, alongside this, you're going to have two or three X Men movies in there. You're going to have Apocalypse in 2016. That's going to come out, I think, a week or two, or or, or at least a, or at least a month after Avengers. I'm very Age of Ultron. excited for that. Excuse me, not Avengers, Age of Ultron. About 2016 Civil War. It'll probably be like a month or two after that. So it's going to be. This is the age now. We're going to have. You're going to have if DC does their two or three year, Marvel does three year, X Men, Inspire. You're going to have like eight or nine major superhero movies a year. Is that insane just to think about? nuts, yes. Would you imagine that even five, six years ago, there'd be like nine superhero movies a year? And I know a lot of people are going to hate that, but I'm I'm cool with it, frankly. If they're well made, three, three, three movies a year from a studio is not a lot, from looking at it as a studio perspective. That's no, not sure, a lot. it isn't. And, and unlike other studios, these are well mapped out and planned ahead, and they're probably writing at least a basic story. There's rumors that they have these lined up to 2030. Marvel films like all the way out like up till we start recasting people next seven years like James Bond start recasting all the superheroes they're gonna have to start doing yeah, it you know what I mean? which I guess is what they're gonna have to do mm-hmm. you know it'd just be like seeing a different inker or, or you know a different uh, illustrator do Spider-Man people have to look at it like that you know it's gonna be, it's gonna be weird though when like Thor stays, stays the same but then no more Chris Evans you know what I mean it won't be all Stark will go yeah different and then Evans is still there you know <laughs> I, I've actually thought about that I'm, I'm gonna be very sad when they start recapping yeah, I mean but... I, I almost wish they would just be like thanks for your services guys clean slate but then you and then <laughs> recast everyone well, then 50 I'll recast everyone yeah that's just, not that's not a bad idea to go about it just just because I, I but then again it, do we, is that even weird though because then it's like oh my god it's like having a whole new new kids on the block show up for your concert you know it's like <laughs> that's not the Danny I, I, I don't know. know I just feel like if, if we're gonna have to get recasts I'd rather just have everyone recast and you know start it all there instead of bits bits and pieces because that's what that's the thing that I hate in movies and I hate in TV shows is when things get mid recast mid storyline and if they really have this shit mapped out to 2030 yeah these guys can't do this forever no plus they're most of them only signed to six movies or, right I think the big one is Chris Evans only has basically Captain America, Captain America th- uh, three. He's only going to have enough movies to do uh, Avengers: uh, Infinity War Part One and Two. Then his six movies are done. Then because uh-huh. he's already done th- three Captain Americas and and three Avenger uh, three Avengers, and then they split it. I don't know if that if that counts towards one or two, but you see. So anyway, I'm really surprised about Captain Marvel, um, but that just shows me that. They're like, yeah, we're going to do this. We don't care if you're not familiar with Captain Marvel mainstream audience. We don't care if you're not familiar with Inhumans. You're going to see it. Well, because after after Guardians of the Galaxy did so well, they realized that they could basically take any of their properties, turn it into a movie, and it's yeah. going to be fine. And hell, you might have Captain Marvel show up in Guardians of the Galaxy. Too. Yeah. You know, it's like, who knows? You know? So, there you have it. Marvel Studios, you're our wet fanboy dream right now. So, I'm going to bitch about something. Oh, that's a surprise. Yeah, um, first, time, first time back after honeymoon marriage. You think, <laughs> you think you'd be happier? Why is Ian no, always upset? I am happy about lots of things, um, <laughs> and I'm even enjoying the game that I'm going to bitch about briefly here. Uh, but it, it, it's not really the game I'm bitching about. It's modern video games in general. So I got a PS4, and one of the games I got with it was uh, The Evil Within. I was I, I, I love horror games. I hadn't played one or bought one in a while, and I was like, this looks good. I'll pick it up. So, this is like just the first five minutes of the game. This is not real spoilers. Tutorials in games these days drive me nuts. I hate the fact that I can't just get a manual anymore. The closest thing you get to a manual is pressing start during a game, and it pulls up an options menu. You know, and it gives you like the basic controls. It tells you what all the buttons are. Yeah, what all the buttons are. 
But so okay, so you start the game and you're hanging upside down and it tells you how to swing back and forth, you know, using your momentum. And I'm like, okay, so this is a tutorial level, right? So, you know, you grab a knife out of a guy in front of you and you cut yourself off, right? Okay. And then it says, press X and hold down to, you know, scan your surroundings. So then you see the big brute guy hacking through a corpse on the table. And you're like, oh, well, that's, you know, I don't want to fuck with that shit. So then it's like, okay, now press this button to sneak. And I'm like, right, 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 I got I to sneak. I got to sneak around this fucker. Okay, perfect. So I'm sneaking and I'm doing everything as I'm told. And then I get up behind the guy and it's like, eh, press X to stab him. So I press X and I stab him. And then he turns around, and a little scene uh, happens where he pushes me on the ground, uh, chops off my arm, and then chops off my head. And I'm like, that's graphic. I'm like, well, okay, that's uh, that didn't work. I said I did something wrong. I'm going to try this again. So I keep following these on-screen cues because I'm thinking this is a tutorial. Now, in my head, I'm like, I should probably just be sneaking around this guy. And Vonnie's like, sneak around him. Just sneak around him. Sure. But because I think this is a tutorial... I'm so ingrained in the idea that this is what the game wants me to do. So it tricked you into being a tutorial. Yes. But it wasn't a tutorial. But <laughs> this happens in games to me sometimes. And, it, and finally, I did. I just ran from the... Because, oh, it's like, you know, and then it's like, press X to get the keys. So it's literally introducing well, all the mechanics. What it sounds like is like when you're playing Magic Sword in the arcade, where when you first get into something, it tells you what to do the yeah, first time. You know? Right, and that's kind of what it is. But, you know, it, it's introducing all of these little mechanics one at a time. And I'm like, this is a tutorial. And finally, I say, F it. And I run away from it. And, you know, everything's fine. And just like, had... The game just given me a manual, and then I got to play the game. I would have beaten that room my very first time because I would have seen a large hulking monster and would have been like, "I don't want to screw around with this," and I would have run from it. Like, but, like you showed it to someone as a chainsaw. Yeah, but no. Instead, because it's you know, I'm thinking it's a tutorial. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but I just if you're Probably. basically it comes on this. If you're gonna fucking hold my hand, then hold my hand the entire time and then let me go, or. Just give me my fucking directions on a piece of what? paper. What 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 was the precise year you think where this started to really transition up? Where it was like, I mean, you know what? I want to say like two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Where so like, basically like the, when the three sixty and PS three came out. Yeah, and you know some games do it. Yeah, and some games do it well. Where they do, they give you a full like you know twenty minute level or whatever. That's a tutorial, and you get everything. But then there are games that just kind of they don't tell you what they're doing, and and, and, so, and I get so, it, it frustrated me to no end. So basically the art of good game design has died because a good game will sort of let you discover on your own how to play via the obstacles and the layouts of the first level or so. And now that's totally abandoned for a just throw you into something but will we'll hold your hand yeah, instead. In versus the- letting the player discover how to actually play. Yeah, you're saying it you're saying that very well. That's kind of what I'm that's exactly what I'm getting that's why at. I'm here. So so and it's, it's happened to me before in other games. The more the game tries to tell me what to do, the worse I am at the game. Because I think I'm supposed to be playing this game in a very rigid structure, when you're not always supposed to be doing that. And it just, it, it drove me nuts. So, I don't know. Anyways. So what is this about? It's just a horror game, you gotta escape? and I have no idea what the fuck it's about right now. You bought I, a game, you don't, you don't know what it's about? Well, I don't, I don't want to know what it's about. I, like, the story is what the is reason it, I bought it. What does it say in the box? Oh, uh, you witness a graphic murder and you have to figure it out. But, I mean, it gets... But you, but it, you start up hung upside down like Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back with a wampa? Well, not quite. You're in a car. But then there's an accident. And then you're hung upside down. And then... Uh, with a wampa. Yeah. 
And now uh, I got chased by a bunch of, like, zombie. It's made by Shinji Akami, and it's basically a lot of people are saying... Uh, Shinji... Jesus, I'm saying his name wrong now. Shinji Mikami? Why can't I... Why I know his name, people. Fuck. The guy who made Resident Evil. This is basically... Okay, so it's a horror survival. This is basically Resident Evil 4 Part 2. This is oh. how... It, it, it's not part of the Resident Something Evil the line, but it plays very similarly. Is it first person or third? It's third person like Resident Evil 4 was. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun so far. It's very creepy. You know, you walk past a mirror, it cracks, you walk in, uh, you strap yourself into a chair, and that's how you power yourself up. It's I mean, it's it's interesting. The zombies don't necessarily appear to be zombies. They get wrapped up in barbed wire, and like then they bleed all over. And it, oh, very, it's a very graphic game. Hardcore, yo. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Anyway. Sounds wicked. Anyways. that's Those are, those are the times <laughs> where I turn, like, I turn that off, and I go play I, something like... I don't know. I'm, I just play, like, I just play an indie game or, or an arcade game where it's like, I know what to do because... Okay, it's easy. I, I, I'm tired of. I, I, I'm. I, I sound old. I don't care. I don't like all these, these gr- the graphic violence in the games. I don't need to see someone get their heads, their head chainsawed off. I'm just over it. I don't want to see that in a movie. I don't want to see it in a game. Doesn't mean you can't play it. I just don't. I, it doesn't appeal to me. I don't like I don't it know. in movies. Is the funny thing, but in games, I like playing games that scare me. That's sort of the thing about this game, though, is it's not really scaring me yet. That's, um, that's just gore. It's not only really being scared. The PT, like the, uh, but PT, the playable trailer, the thing that was all over the internet for a while when they released it, the, the, basically the little demo for, uh, the new Silent Hills. Sure. Um, that's frightening as shit. Like that I'm looking and forward to. That's more to. psychological. Yeah, horror, that's more psychological. True horror. And, and this, this looks like it's going to become more psychological too, and they're relying less on the initial gross out, but, uh, but when you, when you start off with a guy chainsawing your arm off, yeah, <laughs> how do you how do you how do you digress from uh, right. that to psychological horror? Yeah, that's like having the, the you know the first scene in Psycho getting the stab in the face. Right. You know, or the, no, it's not how it works. You're supposed to build. Yeah, you, up to you something. are. Well, and that's and that's exactly it. When yeah, in the first the first enemy you face can decapitate you viciously on the floor. Uh, enough with the, the decapitations with the chainsaw. We get it. It's a dangerous, ugly weapon, and also is good at pruning trees. All right. So, this was interesting. This is something we've spoken about on or off since we've done this great podcast for a year and a couple months already. <laughs> Call of Duty sales reportedly to continue to decline year over year over the, over the past few years. So, so, their pre-orders aren't really great right now for, uh, for Advanced Warfare. Advanced Warfare. And, um, I mean, normally, two years ago, like Black Ops 2... Uh, which is considered by many to be the best in the series. Well, this is the stats. Yeah. Advanced Warfare is now pacing almost 40% behind Ghost, which came out last year. Yeah. And almost 70% behind 2012 Black Ops 2. Yeah. That's a significant trend. That's huge. And that's what I'm trying to get at. You know, Black Ops 2, I remember we had a wall full of our receipts, you know, that were our pre-orders, you know, that we had to get copies in for the game, Advanced Warfare, comes out, what, in less than a month? I have one pre-order. Huh. So, is this... We, we spoke about how, you know, basically that you're, you're going to have, you know, three different Call of Duty franchises, and then every three years a new one will come out, and they'll... But is there still, I guess, too much fatigue year over year? Yeah, I think it's just fatigue. It's and just I, and I also fatigue. think... I also, because you're not just, so so basically everyone it's not like I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a black ops guy you get black ops you're also going to get new advanced warfare you're going to get ghosts you know what I mean it's not going to stop every year well I think this is another thing that, that that's that's making people cautious about it black ops 2 
like I said, I don't play these, so if, if people are going to come at me in the comments, whatever. But uh, Black Ops 2 seems to be the fan favorite, okay? Could be wrong about that, but from everyone I've talked to, Black Ops 2 was the pinnacle of the series, okay? Mm-hmm. So you had the pinnacle of the series, and then you had Ghosts come out. And people bought Ghosts, and they hated it. Had a dog. They, yeah, it did. That you could turn into a wolf for two ninety nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, people people couldn't. Be, I mean, people hated it. I had people trading in their copies of Ghosts to get back uh, Black Ops Two. So Black Ops Two. So you have a really good one followed by a really shitty one, and then people are start to realize now with this one, you know, why take the risk if I can just keep playing Black Ops Two? People yes. are finally realizing I don't need to buy this every year if I have the best one yeah, right here. And plus, a first person—I'd hate to say it—that a first-person shooter's life on a good first-person shooter is only a year lifespan. Yeah, a good first-person shooter should play for like two, three years at least. Oh like, yeah, and, and while they have DLC and not even DLC, have enough game modes to keep it interesting and keep rediscovering it, like an Unreal Tournament. When they were making that fucking game, which is the best first-person shooter series ever, it would come out every three or four years. Don't roll your eyes. Every three or four years in between, <laughs> which is the perfect amount of time to do it. You know, I like Quake Three. Sure you do. Well, you're a heathen. Yeah. So, so, so I, I mean, so what? So this doesn't mean obviously Call of Duty is going away because even if they drop seventy percent, they're still making more money than ninety-eight percent of games out there. We know that. But maybe, maybe this means that they have to at least. I don't know. Maybe every year and a half between the new games. Well, what worries me about what worries me about that though is is jobs for the people who. I mean, Activision over over overestimates the popularity of games. They think these things are evergreen, like they did with Guitar Hero, and they thought Mm -hmm. they thought COD was going to be evergreen. And they have three teams working on Call of Duty now. Yeah. What if this the sales on this proved to be bullshit, and they realize suddenly we can't have three teams working on Call of Duty, and they have to scale back again? People are going to lose jobs because they can't stop fucking milking a cash cow when when they see the signs on the wall. It's not just that the, the production costs of these games keep going up and up too. Right. I mean, we've got, I mean, and I love them, but we've got fucking Kevin Spacey in this yeah, one. They That's didn't, not cheap. They didn't get Kevin Spacey for a couple hundred bucks. No. You know that was probably hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get him to do motion. You know, capture. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's right there. That's all right. It doesn't work out. That's like I don't know seven employees' salaries. Bye, you're gone because you know what I mean. And I've heard when you, when you put that sort of investment into it. I've heard from a, a very good source uh, that, um, you know, and I'm sure it's I'm sure they say this sort of shit in the previews too. I, I don't read them, but you know, the single player is supposed to be decent, but people buy this for online, mm-hmm. and the online in this has like because you've got those those exoskeleton whatever things. You know, there's like double jumping and stuff. And I really heard, Unreal Tournament, okay. And I've heard it plays more like Halo or something like or that, Unreal or Unreal Tournament. So <laughs> it's going to. You know, you're really, really taking a risk with this game where, like... You might turn off that the hardcore, hardcore military fans. guys be like, why am I double jumping in a game? And then where do they and, and, and then where do they turn to? They turn to Battlefield, you know? And then suddenly Call of Duty is lost. You know, they have to rebuild, and then it's like, can you get those players back? I mean, it, when players start to turn on a franchise, it happens quick, and they don't always go back. Like, what happened to NBA, to, uh, uh, NBA Live? I mean, that series has been... Struggling ever since go, 2K got their shit together. Didn't they go two years without a game? A game? Yeah. Was it? yeah, they did. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, and then they came back with a game that was awful. No, oh, but but at least there's not there's more than one basketball game out there you can get. Yeah, it's not it's not like EA or it's only one, you know, one NFL. Anyway, so I mean, it, you don't see Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat having multiple franchises year over year. 
They have one good franchise. They stick to it. It's not a franchise. It's one it, game. Well, I, I I have rumors that there's a second one on the way. Oh, yeah? With career mode. For career mode. So, you know, that's my point. You, you, you don't have to... I mean, that's the point, is that is that they, they are becoming, like, totally EA Madden franchises, but you can't really do that with anything other than sports, though. There's no, yes. there's no, there's no necessity to have a yearly release of any franchise unless it's a sports game. Other right? than you deeming it so. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so now it's tr- finally catching up. Because though. they could have, they could have taken. I mean, it would have making them as much money, but they could have realized, hey, we've got a really good thing with Black Ops, and continued to reach map expansions, you know, and, sure. and and just let those same core gameplay principles that people liked be what drives. Because you're still going to sell more copies of it. I mean, at a slower pace, but then you've got money coming in from DLC. Whatever. Anyways, fucking Christ. Next topic. <laughs> Another one that I'm not so pleased about. So, WWE Hell in the Cell. Uh, which is one of their bigger pay-per-views because the Hell in the Cell is like the new Steel Cage. And they still have Steel Cage matches every once in a while, but the Hell in the Cell is a cage that surrounds the ring. It's not connected on the outside of the ring. You get like you know like four or five feet in between the ring, and then there's a top to it. You can go on top, lit it off. And so basically, they've started the first Hell in the Cell with Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker in what '97, which is what almost ended Shawn Michaels' career, which eventually he was out for four years after '98. But anyway, it's very dangerous because people are always dropping. Tons of weapons. McFoley's been in a few of them. He's known for them. Without Hell in a Cell, people wouldn't have know about McFoley anymore. He's gone through. You know, we're talking like a twenty-five foot drop. Ninety-eight. And, he lost his tooth through his nose. Lost his tooth through his nose, and then he had the one with the, the, the Triple H match with all the thumbtacks, and I think the thumbtacks in the Undertaker match as well. So anyway, it's a brutal match on on these wrestlers, but also it's usually a match that establishes or ends, you know, like story arc. So McFoley's actually last match before he came back for a small run, was losing to Triple H in Hell in a Cell. Right. That was his last match. I think it was a three, two out of three or whatever. Something like that. Um, so they were setting up, which is the hottest feud right now going on in WWE, which is good and bad. It's good because there are, there are young guys that deserve the shot. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Both of whom I love, especially Dean Ambrose. These are always the two guys. I always said these are going to be the breakout stars. Especially yeah. Dean Ambrose, but Rollins is... Fantastic! This the selection of Rollins to be the one to turn heel against the Shield was the perfect choice. He needed it the most. He was sort of the one overlooked usually, so he it, he was a good choice for it. I mean, I still think breaking them up that early was well. In retrospect, they had to. They had to. They would have yeah, screwed I mean, They in. had to. Um, but I, I do agree with you on that. I mean, Rollins was the right one because it gave. Reigns will stand on his own as a big guy. Ambrose is good enough on the mic to be on his own, but Rollins needed a heel turn to make himself worthwhile. So, but Rollins has took the ball and ran with. Oh him. yeah, no, he's great. I mean, he's really uh, good. on the mic in the ring. He's put on yep. a great match. He had a, he had a good match with, oh, yeah. with Cena uh, on Raw. So he's he's been holding his own. His mic skills have improved oh, yeah. dramatically too. So, anyways, the main event was um, Ambrose Rollins, and I mean, I'm just gonna come out and say it. I thought it was pretty much shit, and that's without the garbage ending. I, I thought it, I thought it was average. I okay, say average, shit, but average, but adequate. It was adequate, but, which but, which a hell which a hell in a yeah. cell main event between those two guys should not have been adequate, and that's what I was saying after I watched it with people. That by no means should have been an average match. No, because it was a payoff to a hot feud going on for what I think the Shield broke up like three four months ago. Yeah, four months ago, something like that. So you think. 
that would be wow. This is going to be like huge and epic. Like, this is like this is the, and plus that was the last match of the night. The other co-main event they put in the middle of the car, which was Randy Orton versus Cena for that the fiftieth time. Boring as shit. I actually heard that was a good match. It was. Like, it was. It was by the books. A it, Cena Orton. Match. It was a. It was a by the book Cena Orton match. The fact that Cena won makes no sense to me. Not that Orton winning would have been any better, but. Cena just lost twice to Brock. Mm-hmm. Why did he just win another shot against? Well, he Brock? got close to winning on the last, on the second opportunity, which was a really bad decision. But um, anyway, we'll, back, back to the main event. Back to the main event. We'll go back to Orton Cena. Um, so, so basically, they fight on top of the cage uh, for like ten minutes before the match even starts, along with. Uh, the Jamie news. Noble and Joey Mercury, which is great. I always, the new I, Stooges. I always loved Jamie Noble. Jamie Noble was so good, so underrated. The fact of the matter is, he was a smaller guy. He would never, but he was so entertaining and a really good wrestler yeah, too. Yeah, he was. We're talking about like two thousand what four to two thousand seven. Uh, uh, then I must have seen him somewhere around. else because I I don't. Re- well, I he know. he played like the, the the trailer trash character. He had he had uh, the girl with him, who was the first tough enough winner. Uh, that's in WWE. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember where else he wrestled, because I don't think I saw him in WWE. Anyways, Jamie Noble is... He was in WCW, I think, as well. Okay, I Jamie think. Noble was good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so they're, they're starting off on top of the Hell in the Cell, which is interesting, because normally, you know, I mean, you're not supposed to do spots off the top anymore, and, you know, they, they were hitting each other, and I think there was even a suplex up there. Suplex, a couple moves. Right, yeah. so, you know, that was interesting, and I actually thought it was kind of off to a good start. And then they start climbing down... So you know they they won't do anything off, and the just the worst fourth spot in it, yeah it was it, bad. It, it, the thing is is it should have been such an easy spot, and I say that as a guy sitting here. Obviously, I'm not them, but you know they're, they're so they're climbing down the side of the cage and they're fighting back and forth on the side of the cage, just throwing punches and swinging. They're about halfway forth. off the cage. Yeah, about halfway off the of ca- the cage. And what happens is is uh, Ambrose hits Rollins, and Rollins <laughs> falls, what? and then I- Ambrose. In all the replays, they couldn't make it look good. You can see him holding onto the cage, and Ambrose literally takes a leap off the cage into the table. And all they had to do was both throw a punch or something, well, so they both fell. But they had Ambrose headbutt him, which you can, you could say, okay, he was woozy, then he fell, but it didn't look good. It, no, did, right. it, it did not look good. What also didn't look good was the total telegraphing because it wasn't like they climbed down, then they fell up. It was like they climbed down a full minute. Until they came. So it gave the... You can see both announced teams step all the way back. You know, they get their iPads and computers. Oh, they know yeah, 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 yeah. So it was was really badly directed. I don't even know how I could possibly forget about that I can picture Vince in the truck yelling, Don't show him! Because WWE's really good not screwing up telegraphing stuff yeah. like that the cameraman was totally in, a, in the wrong position yeah, I, was, I was watching it was, it was Vonnie, myself and my buddy Chris and we're watching the pay-per-view in Buffalo actually because I'm mm. still in Buffalo and Chris goes oh my god are they really standing up oh my god are they really pulling the monitors out and they were pulling like the monitors out before they had even gotten halfway down the cage I mean they were planning the spot Visibly, so it was that bad. Where that was even on camera to pull the yeah, monitors out. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's what sucked about it is if you you saw it coming from a mile away, which even if they had gone off the top, would have ruined a lot of the impact yeah. of it. But the fact that it was a fairly low impact spot off the middle of the cage, and it was obvious it was coming, it, it. Was, it was just a bad start it to was, the match. It was it was it was too much of them trying to go for a cool moment. Yeah, or they they could have just not even went to the top of the cage. They could have just started inside, had the same exact match, and it could have been a little bit smoother because 
only they only were inside the the, the cage for like 10, 12 minutes. It seemed like oh, it wasn't that yeah, long at all. Yeah, because then they got there was a stretcher spot, stretcher spot which lasted forever. Like like at WrestleMania, they basically did the same thing with the, both on the stretcher. This time it didn't fool me. <laughs> and then then they go in the cage. You have you know chair shots back and forth. Both guys go through a, a table. You know, so I was like, okay, this is there, every There was show. some interesting table placement. I, sure. I thought some on of the, the stuff edge, they did the with the table. bomb. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The elbow. But, yeah, the match itself. Spot fest. Well, I would Here's the thing. I would have liked the match a lot more if it had been that short five-minute match inside sure. the Hell in a Cell without all the fucking stupid accoutrements. The, to, the, the spot <laughs> off the side, the stuff on the top, the stretcher spot. If, if, if it hadn't been surrounded by so much nonsense... And it was still a decent yeah. little bit of wrestling. It just fell apart. It was yeah. one of the few times where WWE did not good, do a good job of, of not showing the seams, basically. And now I'm going to watch for Jamie Noble every time because his performance is it's just funny as hell. So Jamie Noble is like they're, they're wheeling him away. And then when uh, Ambrose gets off, off of his uh, gurney, he goes in, tactics, throws him in. The referee, I guess, the referee still want the match going on. So the referee's once inside the cage. The other one's... Outside, and they usually lock the Hell in the yeah. Cell door. And he's putting the chain around it, and Jamie Noel is right in his face. He's like, don't you lock that! Okay, yeah, don't you, you lock, lock that! It's like, well, you can punch him <laughs> or tell the ref these guys are too injured. So it was just really bad writing. That's really what it was. It was just bad writing. That's where, it, usually, you don't see bad writing on their main event match like that. That was just really off from the do something like that. Well, and, yeah. I've noticed, what, what was the recent one that really pissed me off, too? There was a recent pay-per-view, it wasn't a Hell in a Cell, I think it was a cage match, and I, oh, it was, it was, uh, it was the Wyatt Cena match. Okay. And I was like, this is gonna be great. And it was awful, because they were too focused on the gimmicking, like, the gimmick okay. of it, that they couldn't put, like, they didn't spend any time focusing on putting a good match. Because here's the thing, you know, I mean, Cena aside... You know why it could have carried Cena to a good match inside a normal, uh, normal, normal ring. You know that Ambrose and Rollins can have good matches. So what's the problem here? They're getting signals from everywhere, and they're mm. focusing too much on the gimmick. Yeah. So w- lots of just like just spots with weapons and tables, and then um, the the denouement was coming where. Uh, somehow it's always funny how they manage to put stuff under the ring. Somehow Dean Ambrose gets two center blocks under the ring, brings him out, and then puts Seth Rollins head on it because he's going to do the, the the curb stomp to him. How he how it was done to, to Dean Ambrose to get him injured. So he goes to do it, then the lights go out for like thirty five forty seconds with that backwards uh, like chant. Yep. Then the lights come back on, and it's a weird hologram <laughs> in the middle. Some weird hologram effect, which I never saw WWE do before. And then it, smoke, and then it's Bray Wyatt showing up to yeah. inexplicably attack Dean Ambrose. Inexplicably, was... and I like Wyatt. I, I as a wrestler, I really like Wyatt. I find his gimmick to be getting tiresome with the whole "I'm so spooky, I'm gonna walk around like a spider." Which is funny because he's only been doing it for a year and a half. I know, but like it, it's. I like, like I said, I do like Bray Wyatt as a wrestler. Um, but where is this all going? What? Are, what? Are, I mean, well, is this really going to be the end of the Rollins? I mean, Ambrose. Well, no, it's it, not. It it's can't gonna, be. It's going to extend be- because it has to. It didn't get a clean finish, right? You'd hope. I think that might, maybe this was their way of bringing their, well, 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 Wyatt's been gone for what two and a half months now at this point. Three months since he, two and a half months since he beat Jericho, on and during that cage match, it ended that feud and sent Jericho away again. Um, I guess, I guess this is the way I would have booked it. I would have had, uh, you know, done it where 
they found a way into the cage, and you had Kane and all them gang up, and then someone saves someone saves Rollin. I don't know who. Then it, you can go towards a summer a, a, a traditional Survivor Series match at least to keep it going that way, which is going to happen anyway. They're going to have Team Cena versus Team Authority, which is actually a pretty good idea. Right. I love traditional Survivor Series matches. Sure. Um, but I think they want to put Wyatt in this spot. To establish quickly, and they had yes. another main eventer. Like yes. they have to do this now. And There's that, no one else. The roster is dead. And that's what I said too. I said I, I think I understand what they're doing in the long run here. When my when when Vani and Chris and I were discussing it afterwards, like we all know why they did it. I mean, they they kind of have to. They, they they need someone else in 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 playing big league basically. Yeah. But it was just so forced and out of nowhere, and it ruined. It ruined, like I said, it, it took an average match that shouldn't have been average, anyways, and it really just made it a wash. I mean, worthless to me. I, I, I after watching it, I mean, I, know, I didn't care yeah. much for it. And so, to briefly cover the rest of this, I mean, a we'll couple just, other we'll things. We'll just cover the, the, the main event ramifications since usually the main event's the biggest story in, in, in wrestling. Now it's not um, because Lesnar hasn't been around for the past pay per view. He's not going to be around for this one. He, he probably won't be around for Survivor Series. So now you're in a situation where you, you can't blame Lesnar. You blame WWE. If you're going to put the title on someone and not have him defend it, you have to build up these other feuds. So now you're not going to have the title defended for three months about because he's, he's probably not going to have it up for grabs at Survivor Series. So you're running out of made eventers, obviously. You can't feed someone like Ambrose to to Lesnar. That would be a waste. You know, uh, and then um, you have Ziggler, who you, you could do that. I think I still think Ziggler's going to face Lesnar at some point. I think they're going to build him up to, to do that. Um, but I do want to okay. Sure. But at this point, Cena's not going to beat Lesnar again. It doesn't make any sense for him to beat Lesnar again. It doesn't make sense for Cena to ever have the title again. It wouldn't make any sense. No. At this point, he only got it because uh, Daniel Bryan got injured. Otherwise, he would not have got, gotten it at all. Right. It would have been Bryan getting destroyed by Lesnar at, at SummerSlam. So. That's where that's where you're at. It's interesting to know that with Orton, they're going to try to turn him face. Um, he actually RKO'd uh, Paul Heyman, which is very interesting. He did that last week. Yeah. So I was expecting, expecting Lesnar to show up and destroy uh, Orton, which didn't happen. But at least they planted a siege for that down the line. That maybe they'll build up Orton to face Lesnar at like Royal Rumble or something. There is. I've, I've said it before. There is something about me that likes Orton. He's not great, but he's he's. He's good. He's consistent. But I, I like Orton as the eternal heel. I mean, I've always liked Orton. Because he's, he's a dickish person he, in real life, and it comes across when he's a face. That's the problem. Uh, is he really a dick in real oh, life? Yeah there's, yeah, there's lots of stories of him just being a, a massive um, dick. Well, I, I just think he makes a good eternal heel. Um, I do want to touch quickly, real quickly, um, uh, you did, probably didn't see it, the Intercontinental title match. Didn't watch it. Uh, okay, it was a two out of three falls, Cesaro, Ziggler. Um, and while I didn't like the ending because I'm a Cesaro mark, Ziggler won. I mean, I do like Ziggler, too, quite a bit. The thing is, I like both the guys in it. What I didn't like was that um, Ziggler beat him two in a row. Oh, usually they always do three falls. Right, so, I mean, that is a way of, you know, keeping things fresh, but it's I, I still feel like they're really, really... And someone's like, Ian doesn't understand heat. They're killing any momentum Cesaro no, has. No, Cesaro has none. Yeah, I have All no probably, idea why they would not give it to him. He was poised to be a top four or five wrestler in the Federation... Uh, after WrestleMania, and now he's nothing. And like, people love him. him. I mean, he goes out there. He's got a move set. He works incredibly they, well. He does. I mean, he's one of the best. Yeah. If not, he's one of the best they even, wrestlers they have. They, they even had him stop doing the swing for a little bit for some dumb he, reason. He did it. He did it during the Intercontinental. But I mean, he's a guy that I always said, "Wow, 
How about him versus Lesnar at some point? Yeah. That'd be awesome. I have no idea I... why they won't push him. But on the other hand, I'm just hoping he gets something next pay-per-view where he gets a victory. Because what I did like about the Intercontinental match is that by Ziggler keeping it, they are slowly but surely trying to put importance back on that belt. You say that, but then he, you know, he loses on every other Raw. You know, So, I mean... I, well, by making it a, non, it, yeah. a, non, a non-title match. These, non, these stupid non-title matches... See, I don't watch Raw, so I, I, well, I don't see this. These stupid non-title matches they've been doing more and more, I think, for the past, I'd say, four years about, five years, where now when you see a non-title match for, with a guy who has the U.S. belt or Intercontinental, it's almost an automatic loss. Like, you, these, these, these non-title matches did not exist. They did not exist even ten years ago. This consistently with with the no, champs. No, they did, and not that consistently, but they existed. I I don't remember watching Saturday Night's main event and having non-title matches over the IC belts. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I just don't. Or or, or the heavyweight championship. I'm I fairly certain at least Hogan fought. A, uh, I'm fairly certain he fought a handful of non uh, non non a handful over the the, the twelve years. Well, he yeah, I mean, I'm not, all I'm you saying know. is that they did exist. Not all right. Sure, it bothers me, but all right, we got to move on. We do from our, our, our wrestling talk. So you fans are there that enjoy that wrestling talk. There you go. It's never going to be a separate podcast. We gave you a solid <laughs> dose. Um, NES marathon memories, man. Just from last year. Just what? from last year. I don't know. See, the thing is, is after 24 hours, it's like an acid trip. You, I mean, you remember all of these things, but you remember like so many details non-precisely. I remember you napping again like a scrub for um, an hour. I napped for an hour. Yep. Yep. I saw in the uh, comment section you told someone you never fell asleep at all just once for ten seconds during Jackal. Well, yeah, like, while I was playing. I mean. Yeah, yeah. You took two hour, two hour, two one hour long naps. Anyways, so remember you doing. If that. I didn't take those hour longs, I would have fallen asleep while playing a game again. <laughs> I'm proud of my hour naps. I'm, I'm proud of you. Um, you know what? At the end of the marathon last year, I was in a hell of a lot better shape than you were. I don't give a shit. I stayed up for twenty four hours. Oh. So, um, <laughs> why, uh, why is that a big thing that you stayed up for the whole 24 hours anyway? Uh, because if you're doing a 24 hour marathon, you're supposed to stay up for 24 hours. But then when, they do, when they do desert bus, they take shifts. Yeah, well, you know, that, Joey takes shifts on his marathon, and this, that, so that's, good, that's better. more than 24 hours. So we're better than We're so. better than that. We're better than that. And there are also longer <laughs> marathons where they literally need to sleep. Um, 24 hours is not. They won't do 72 hours. We'll get rotations. All right, yeah. go on. So, I remember that. I remember, uh,. I remember dancing to a lot of music, which I do every year. Um, I mean, I I don't have a lot of specific memories. These are things that fall out of my memory fast uh, when it comes to the marathon. All right, so we'll build up new memories in a week and a half. Yeah, basically. All right, we're gonna go to Q and A. This is from M J O H seventy four. Why is Contra for the NES thirty dollars? There were literally hundreds of thousands of them produced and sold. As a shop owner, I, I, I can only say this: it's it's popularity and it's it's uh, demand. It's a game that I get calls for five, six times a day sometimes. I can't sell it. I know there's millions of copies, but you know what? I don't see millions of copies of it. It's common, sure, and you can find it. But I see Contra, because of its demand, maybe once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm not pricing it at $15 when I'm getting calls for it every day. It, it's going to be on my shelf for two seconds. And plus, you'll get resellers coming in and buying it. Right, and, and then selling it for 30 <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, I understand that people get upset sometimes when they see these common games that they think should be a lot cheaper. But if the market demands it, there is going to be an increase in price. That, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the sort of game that even when you see it for sale, like at a 
Retro Gaming Expo or one of these, it's gone. I mean, the, all the copies are sold the first day. They're done. They're gone. That's like one of those games, like I guess, like you can say, like a, a Super Smash Brothers, where they're going to be gone no matter what, almost what the price is on it. They're going to be gone. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of like when someone buys an NES, that's one of the first games they want, yeah. and you want to have those in stock for those people to buy. And the thing is, is a place like us, we give a discount on game uh, on games that you buy with a system, anyways. So it's going to become a more reasonable price. But if I if it's not priced at thirty, then you're never going to find it when you buy your system. Hey Pat, the NES punk, tell us some of your favorite Halloween costumes growing up. I was Lionel in '86. I bet Ian was a Ninja Turtle. Were you a Ninja Turtle, Ian? I was never a Ninja Turtle. I was a Ninja a few times, twice. My uh, my mother sewed most of our costumes for a long Aww. time, and she did a really good job. And my favorite was uh, she made me a pterodactyl costume, <laughs> <laughs> like Terry from Pee Wee's Playhouse. No, and it was just uh, it was it was orange fabric, and it was really plush, and it was wings, and it was awesome, and it was like a hoodie. I put my arm through the wings, and it was like a hoodie, and you pulled the hood up, and it was, it was uh, it was a plush stuffed pterodactyl. Head that my mom. Oh made. God, I want a picture of that. There are pictures somewhere. I was I would usually rotate in between like uh, cowboy, very young, military, and then you go to pirate, then ninja. It sort of rotate between those four. If I, you know what I mean, when you're young, it's always like violence, 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 violence. Rotate violence. So one of my worst memories though was I want to say first or second grade. Still remember his name. His name was Ian. One of the only other Ians I've ever known. Uh-huh. What, what was uh, there was two Ians in my grade school. One that was there the entire time. The other one left it there a few years. It was the one that left there a few years. I don't remember his last name, but Ian is a very nice guy. We both were ninjas that year. The only ninjas. We're on the playground. Uh, and so I guess they want us, to, want us to fight. He had a much better costume. I always got. I never got the deluxe costume. I got that entry-level children's yeah. costume that cost like, even the, I guess in the 80s, early 90s. With like the plastic bag they, shirt. Yeah, they cost like nine ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine at you know Kmart yep. or, 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 or Drug Fair. God bless drug fair. Anyway, so I had my sword, and my sister actually was cool enough to make me like she would cut the ninja stars out of cardboard, and then get like uh, uh, like the, the, the um, like the sandwich wrap and put around it, the foil, like the foil, the tin foil, put around it. She made me throwing stars because awesome. we couldn't afford. Yeah, you know, yeah, I had yeah. the deluxe one. So I guess they want us to fight, and so we went like this, both of us with our swords, and then. He cracked my sword in half, basically. <laughs> I saw this his, coming from a mile away. His That's sword awful. was was definitely the deluxe oh one, <laughs> and mine was the thin sword, you know, from the shitty costume. Right. And I looked at my sword; it was cracked almost at the handle. Everyone was laughing at me in the entire grade. I almost started crying. Aww. I was so sad. My sword was ruined, and this was at recess. So the rest of the day, I had to like pretend my sword was okay and put it in the sheath and try to play. It was it was it was so bad. I remember, so bad. That was my worst Halloween costume experience because of that. As far as worst, it wasn't because my mother made them poorly. I remember one Halloween. So my mother, I remember going as two comic book characters, one year and then one the next. My mom made me a Hobbes costume, <laughs> and my mom made me an Opus costume. And the, oh, wow. And the Opus costume was freaking fantastic because she got the nose sewn all perfect, like, you know, his weird proportions. Mm-hmm. But my brother and I, the one year, I went as Hobbes and he went as Link. And my mom made all the costumes. And we were so pissed because I was a tiger and my brother was Robin Hood to every house. <laughs> and it was like, what the fuck? Only one house got it right and they got both of us right. It was like, yes. Anyway, um, next one from Fuzzy Cthulhu. Uh, apologies if I've asked this before, but as you get older, do you find yourself preferring shorter games? I do. Uh, I definitely do. I, I, My ideal game length 
when a review says a game is not worth it because it's seven hours long, I go, that's the type of game for me. As long as the game mechanics are good, like, is if, if I can beat a game in seven to ten hours, perfect. Once you hit, like, the 20-hour mark, or even crazy, like, the 100-hour mark with the Skyrims and stuff, sure. I'm just never going to finish them. I would love to play... Like Skyrim sounded awesome when it, when it was announced. I'm like, oh, that, that sounds really cool. I think I actually bought it used. It's sitting somewhere. I'm never going to be able to play it. I'm never going to be able to play. You know, South Park: Stick of Truth got excellent reviews. I'd love to play it. But I don't have you know even 20 hours to burn. It's 12 playing. hours. It's only 12. Can, yeah, you can you can get to that game in like 10 from what I hear. So you should probably play that one. So, but but overall though, it's just that yeah, you have responsibilities. We're not we're not in college anymore. Where you can just play Chrono Trigger for you know 12 hours straight. Yeah, you know, I remember. Actually, I had a I had a kid in my hall. I think freshman year or sophomore year, when when emulators started getting discovered and, and good, and you had SNES 9X, and he his grades totally suffered. He had to leave the school because he was just playing Final <laughs> Fantasy and Secret of Mana and Chrono Trigger on his Super Nintendo emulator. That's all he did. He didn't even go to go to class. <laughs> Poor Alan, you're out there somewhere. Oh, that um, was a delicious pediatric electrolyte. <laughs> Pineapple flavor. So, there's not a hole in there. So, anyway, yeah, it's just that there's less time. So, the traditional platformers or sports games, the last game I played with any sort of length was L.A. Noir already like four years ago. Now it was like probably what, like a nine hour game, whatever that was. Yeah. You know, but anyway. So, next question is from at Porch Porchlight1. Can we get an Ian only podcast to even out the last one? And then to mess with people to think past gone. Well, you give away the. The joke, I guess. Pretty. Yeah, um, no. I would feel weird after about five minutes and probably just leave. <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk. I you mean, know, you can carry it. Or... Well, if I had enough top, it, like, that's one of those things where, honestly, and I'm not going to do it, but if I'm just pretending it's reality. I could do it once a month if I really, like, called a bunch of topics that I was really interested in and just hit a bunch of bullet points. You know, well, I could do that. But I did, I, I did an hour by myself. It's possible. I have... Yeah, I, I, I certainly have no interest in doing that. You can just do an hour on microbrews to piss off the people I think you're an alcoholic. Oh, yeah, I could do that. That would be fun. Um, this is at iBrainiac. Seeing how YouTube is now flooded with video game personalities, do you think that, do you think the market will be around in five years? Oh, definitely the market will be around. It's just what will it look like? So now you're at an interesting point, I'd say, for the past really two and a half years, definitely. Since probably early 2012 is sort of the line delineation when you have the big uh, media conglomerates starting to, to get into the business of, of YouTube and online media. And so pumping tons of money into YouTube and, wanting to, and Google and wanting to see return. These are, these are companies like, um, like Polaris, which is under Maker, Machinima. These come from huge, like there's a lot of money invested in these companies, like millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so what, what happens is now you have sort of a Hollywood system taking over on YouTube where the people that are part of these big networks where all the money is, these are the guys you know about. These are the guys that get pushed. Not 100%, but by and large, these are the guys that get popular, unfortunately. Um, so I think that's going to continue even more and get because basically everyone has to make money. Google needs to pay off their debts buying YouTube. They haven't broken even yet. I don't think YouTube's even turning a profit for them yet. Yeah. So so they they have to get money. These these huge networks have to pay back money to their investors, you know, so they gotta make money. So that's why, you know, you, it's be very hard in five years from now to be a breakout star, at least right away. It's be very difficult. Not only because the market's gonna be is already saturated with less players and video game reviewers, 
Uh, but there's not going to be any room to get noticed. So you, if you if you, you can be the most, most talented person in the world, you put your video on YouTube, how are you going to get your name out there to get 100,000 subscribers? How are you going to do that without a help, a help of a network to push you? Right. And then get you in, your get your SEO search results up there. It gets you as a recommended channel. It's no coincidence that a, a lot of these larger um, video game personalities and YouTube channels, 99.9% of them, are a part of these big networks. That's not a coincidence. It's not just that they got popular then got added to them. They were plucked out of either semi-obscurity obscurity, or people did say these people were talented, got picked up early when these when these networks started to get bigger and then they were pushed. And then every time you watch a video on the right, you'll see recommended. Oh, oh, another video by that personality. I'll check him out. Right. After, after you watch a video, check out the video and oh, the, the same people keep showing up. <laughs> you know, so... Gradually, then that established the base, and all of a sudden, that's like free marketing. So it's, again, it's like Hollywood versus independent film system. You can have very good independent films, but no one's going to see them because they don't have the marketing dollars behind them, and they don't have the advertising dollars. So they don't. How, how are you going to find out about them? Same thing's going to happen with YouTube. It's happening now. It's just going to get more and more, more and more tougher. I'm glad that I started, and I didn't even start as early as I could have. But starting in 2008, I sort of avoided some of this. Now, if I started nowadays. If we start this podcast nowadays on a channel with with no subscribers. I I don't know. Right. Yeah. Not saying you can't succeed, but the deck is definitely more and more stacked against you year by year. Next question. Last question. Last question on this shorter podcast, the CU podcast. A Halloween question from Jaron at Jaron zero 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 four, which who writes for the Punk Effect. Halloween is here. Almost. What is your favorite treat? Least favorite. Butterfingers are so overrated. Hashtag. Yes, they are. They get stuck in your teeth. I like them, but okay. So for me, I'm a I'm a candy junkie. I like <laughs> anything sweet. Um, I always find that when well, I always found that when I was a kid, uh, I would eat the Kit Kats, the peanut butter cups, and the um, the Skittles first. Those were my favorites. But the the, the, the higher end. Yeah, but I like some of the lower end candies a lot too. The ones that most people pass by. Like I love Smarties. And oh, I, I was going to say Smarties are great. I love Smarties. Is that I, an East Coast thing more than West Coast Smarties? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love Smarties and I love Necco wafers. Never got Necco wafers as a kid. Never? Never. I got Charleston Chew, which was is the worst chocolate treat ever. Old ladies would give you Charleston Chew. I've never seen someone buy a Charleston Chew in my life. And they sell the big ones. I've seen them. Yeah. I don't, I've just never seen anyone... You know, buy one, eat it, and live. You I've, know, I've eaten them. I mean, they are real. When they say chew, there's some chew going yeah, on. There's, some, there's some longevity there. It, what is it? It's like pure hard caramel, basically. <laughs> you know, the thing to do with the Charleston chew is put it in the fridge and then break it on the counter. Like you, and then break your teeth when you chew it. And, and it, well, at least you get tinier bites. Um, the only candy that I didn't like getting when I was a kid, and there's two types of it, and one is good and one is awful. And you usually got it from the houses of um, older people. It's that generic orange wax paper wrapped white taffy that is supposed to be like peanut butter taffy, and it just tastes like nothing. It, it it's it's awful. Okay. And there's yeah. one now, and then there were ones. We'd, I'd really get taffy, but okay. There were ones that actually had peanut butter in the center, and those were good, but the ones that were just supposed to be like a peanut butter-flavored taffy piece, they just they, they were never good, and they were always the ones that were left at the bottom. The thing is, I love stuff like Abba Zabba's, which are taffies with peanut butter in them and stuff like that, but those. there was like a generic Brock's orange-wrapped peanut butter taffy, and it was just... 
That sounds well. Well, Tabby's definitely more of an East Coast thing since that's when it, where it originated. But um, I think uh, I didn't talk about my favorites. I, I always liked. Obviously, you have your standards. You have your standard Hershey's. You, you would love it when you found a house that gave you a full Hershey bar or like a Ammon, the Ammon one or the or the um, uh, I say Ammon because my dad does almond almond <laughs> or the regular one. Um, but then. Well, then again, don't, I'll go off for a half hour about how fun size is half the size it used to be. Fun size used to be almost half the size of a Snickers bar. Now it's like a fifth. And can I also yeah. state that, especially with Snickers, um, I don't eat fun size Snickers bars. Why? Because they don't fucking taste the same. I, so I swear to God. A different plant? I, 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 have, <laughs> I have said this since I was like five or six. You know? They don't taste really? the same. To me, they don't taste anything I like think, a normal I Snickers. Think even I'm sure it's mental, but they, it's to probably me, mental. they don't taste anything like Not it. Not that you're mental at all. But the fun size have gone down on like the, the Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers balls always used to be bigger to begin with. Remember how they're always, like mm-hmm. I'd say, 25% bigger? And then, but the biggest offender, the fun size Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, is not even close because not only are they like it's like a fun size was a half you know respinner cup traditionally was two right so or, you, or if you, you were so you or get if, one if you were bobby on the street he'd get the big six king pack and refuse to give a little pat one you always ask for one asshole you may not be responsible for breaking my arm when i was three anyway so that's a whole other story um so anyway so the fun size is not only just one have you seen a fun size lately no they're like a nickel size. They're they are not the same size of a traditional unless a two pack. They've gotten smaller too. No, no. They are terrible, terribly sized. I don't know. They are they are barely bigger. It's basically a fun size peanut butter cup is almost the size of like those the mini wrapped ones, the foil wrapped. They're they're like almost the same now. I mean, it's, it's piss poor. I have to say something about it's Reese's piss peanut butter cups too. Um, I like Reese's peanut butter cups. Who but, doesn't? Um, well, me fifty percent of the time. Have you ever noticed that, like, when you get a nice fresh pack of Reese's peanut butter cups, there's kind of like a crack when you crack into them? Oh, and sure. The peanut butter is nice and like almost yeah. gooey, and like the chocolate. When you open up a package of peanut butter cups, and it's got that weird, like, like, like it's not shiny anymore. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very dull divot in the center. And you can tell, ma- yeah. yeah, you can tell they've been sitting on the shelf for like two weeks. <laughs> no, I, I don't even want to eat them. I'll give them away. Give they, them to me. There, I love uh, peanut butter cups are great. How about? Um, uh, I, sh- I I wish I could go trick or treating without getting arrested for being a creep because I love to do candy research and see how it's evolved or devolved. Do they still sell the bigger Jolly Ranchers like like, like the big ah, the big pop the big pop size ones yeah, that are like yeah, yeah. what like four to six inches long? Do they Pro- sell those anymore? I don't think so. I haven't seen them in years. Do they I die loved, out with our generation? You I think? loved those because when you got that. Now, any Jolly Rancher is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, probably the most underrated candy. I I say it all of them. Chocolate or fruit based to me is Jolly Ranchers, whether it's the uh, strawberry, the the sweet apple, right, green apple, grape. We had you would get the the thin but long ones. And One of the few green apple flavored things that I enjoy. They they got that down. Mm-hmm. They got the green apple down. Anyway, those but they were. They, they, I guess parents would complain nowadays because we're talking, I don't know how many thousands of milligrams of sugar would be in one of those big Jolly Ranchers. How many nowadays. cavities were caused by a, a you know a yeah. particle of Jolly Rancher being That's stuck in your, yeah. for, for months. So I love those. I love getting nerds. Nerds are still around. Yes. Nerds are thankfully still around. They still do the split pack. And they're still the same exact candy as they've always they're been. still so. pure sugar Bless and garbage. Yeah. They're so good. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if they make them bigger. They used to have the bigger ones. They, they did the minier ones, but they used to make a bigger one. 
I think I think going to that candy store in L.A. at the I think the, the mall at the Venetian, I believe one of the malls, uh, I think has a candy. You're talking about there. a bigger box of nerds. Yeah, a bigger. I haven't box. seen it in forever, but I know. What but you're talking I think they about. still make those at least. Okay. So those are great. The one candy, honestly, not a huge Tootsie Roll fan. Oh yeah, I'm... I could do them, but the Tootsie Roll Pop, I was a I'm a. Okay, you like those? Here's the fucked up thing. I like Tootsie Roll Pops because I think the sucker part of it is the absolute best of any of the filled suckers. Better than a blow pop? Better than a blow pop. But But I could totally do without the Tootsie Roll sucker. It's almost like... All right, you want to stop at the Tootsie Roll, yeah. Versus so, a blow pop where the gum is actually good. In right, Charms, Charms Hard Candy isn't bad. So, like, I will more often than not, I guess these days go with a blow pop because I'll enjoy the whole thing. But like, man, a raspberry Tootsie Pop is so good. And then you get to the sun and you're like, I don't want to do this. How about Dum Dums? You like the Dum Dums? I do like Dum Dums. Dum Dums are still around. I love Dum Dums. I think I have a question mark flavor one. It's still, still my. So, um, do you know what the head. story is behind the question mark flavor? No, I don't. But it's like one of the best flavors. Um. If it's oh no maybe I'm thinking of Airheads which I do like too, um, Airheads and I think it's the same for Dum Dums I think it's I think the article I read said it's the same. Uh, what it is is when they are finishing a run of a flavor and they switch over to the next it's flavor. It's like in between the, <laughs> the the first like whatever that come out are the in between oh. mix of two flavors. I always remember the, the flavor being. I guess it's hard to describe. It's really hard to describe. It's just like an amalgamation of all. Like, yeah, yeah. So I'm it's pretty good. sure it's the same for dum dums. Dum dums were always good because they were small. Like I, I actually didn't like having a huge. I was never a, a big lollipop person. I was, but dum dums are small. You can get through one within like you know a half hour and like the root beer half hour, freaking five minutes. Well, you know what you I'm want. saying. It's not. It's dumb. not like a blow pop can take yeah. forever. Then you get to that weird in between. Should I bite into it and get to the gum or not stage? But um. Uh, the root beer was fantastic. Mm-hmm. As a, that the was butterscotch always, was good. Butters, I, I'm not a big butterscotch fan, but that was a good one. I like butterscotch. But I mean, we can go through all the, but the, the, all, all the flavors. But, but, are the, fine. but the whole point was that they were so small, you can have a few of them at a time. Pina colada. They even had like a pina, had a pina colada, colada flavor, which was delicious. They still, they still yeah. have all yeah. these flavors, I believe. Yeah. But the dum dums were great because they were small. And every birthday party with my cousin, we had the goodie bags. Always a few dum dums in there. Yeah, always had dum dums. So long live the dum dums. Uh, in terms of uh, other uh, good or bad ones. We can go on this forever. We have to end the podcast. Um, Apparently, we both like candy, and we feel passionate about. We both it. like candy. I could, I could. You know what? I want to go trick or treating. So I want to. <laughs> no, what I'm going Did to you, do now, is I'm going to go to Rite Aid tomorrow, and I'm going to buy one of those 400 bag, one 400 count bags of Dum Dums for I three ninety nine. I'll go ahead. Yeah, with you. <laughs> we'll I will it. go ahead. We'll, we'll just we'll divide it up. <laughs> yeah. Trying to think, if there was even a, a bad Dum Dums flavor. Did they have a bad lemon one? I don't remember like a bad flavor that they had. They were all different. I can't think of. There was a pineapple. I can't think of a single pineapple. I thought was good. Yeah, there's there's not a single Dum Dums flavor that I I wouldn't eat. Sure. Um, and then 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 we've lost some candies along the way. We don't we no longer have some like the, like that rolled one with with the nuts on the outside. Oh from, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. 80s. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what that that was. Like, but that that was rarely given a trick or treat. That was like an expensive, more like you know, like a big. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. There's no more PB Max. PB Max was good stuff. That was a little pure peanut butter in there, baby. Yeah, that yeah. was that was excellent. And you know, it, that's it, why I was a chubby shame. kid. It's a PB shame. Max. <laughs> PB Max is with, with in my Transformers lunchbox. When I was a kid, uh, you know, we we would trick or treat in my neighborhood, in my grandma's neighborhood, and we knew our pe- these people, and some of them would still make like popcorn balls and stuff and hand them out. And I freaking love popcorn balls. You don't, you're not going to find a popcorn ball trick or treating. I don't remember those popcorn yeah. balls. You don't, you don't know what a popcorn ball is? I do not remember those. Oh Jesus Christ! Was it upper New York. It, you basically make like a batch of like caramel, 
And then you oh, this pop, is a, this is a custom candy. And and you make a bunch of popcorn and you roll it all together into a ball and you eat it like an apple. Only it's a pop, only oh. it's a caramel corn ball. Oh wow! Really popular, at least in in my neck of the woods. Did they gave that out. They, now you can't have anything that's unwrapped. Right. Well, I mean, they would wrap it, but, you know, I mean, Yeah, but, days... I mean, you can't have something. I mean, I, I actually got apples sometimes as a kid. <laughs> like, that, I lived in the era where you still got that. There was no switchblades in them. And I also got handfuls of, like, pennies I got pennies? and nickels. Yeah. You, know what, I, you know what? And I like that. Yeah. I, I build towards my comics that cost, you know, a dollar or 75 cents. Right. Why not? Um, and then, what was the one thing I was going to bring up that you just threw me off about uh, in, in, terms, in terms of candy? Um, dum-dums, blow-pops... Candies that are no longer with us. Candy corn was terrible. Fuck that. By and large. Yeah, fuck, fuck that. Don't give me a little handful of candy corn. Get the fuck out of here. Um, never got really got those those more luxury bars like Fifth Avenue's. Rarely got those, but you, you get one every now and then. But Fifth Avenue's still around, I believe. It is. Um, but um, yeah, I love. I just love that feeling. I used to always use a pillowcase. Bring two pillowcases. Mm-hmm. Bring two, and you have and you have a drop off, so you can drop it off, come back out with two pillowcases. These amateurs with your little plastic. Pumpkin. What do you, you fit? Like four houses in there. Fit like two blocks. Amateur. We go to multiple cities. And, and how about when you used to walk around, like when you used to go like Paris didn't give a shit back in the day. I'd go five towns over. So and I was out till nine at night. And then you get into those weird situations where all of a sudden it's like you and your friend with the older kids that are maybe like seventeen, eighteen when you're like ten, and one maybe maybe you know has an air rifle, so you're scared half to death, you know. Yeah. Or, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like you know, those weird situations. God, I missed that. So I, I'll finish off this with one quick story about Halloween and how it's drastically changed and neighborhoods have changed before we close out here. There was a house three doors down from where I lived, mm. and the guy worked for Troyer Farms. Now, I don't know if you remember Troyer Farms. It was like a local potato chip. It, it was a northeast potato chip like pretzel company. Okay. Okay. Kids loved the house because he worked for them, and he would come home every Halloween, he would throw up in the back of his van or whatever it was, and he'd open all these boxes... And they were like the this size bags of chips, and he had the nacho cheese and the, <laughs> the you know the, the the salt and vinegar and all the good flavors. And you would trick or treat, and you would go up and you would just take whatever bag of chips he wanted. And it was like getting a full size bar. You know, it was one of the first things you, you you always wanted to eat. But this guy, and like I said, this was a very close knit neighborhood. Everyone knew each other. For the adults who were taking the kids out trick or treating, every year, about four months before Halloween started. He would take vodka and he would take um, smashed berries and he would let it sit. And if you were an adult taking kids trick or treating and you threw a dollar in his tip jar, he would pour you a shot of either blueberry, raspberry, oh, and I think he, and I think he did uh, cherry vodka. Wow! And he did it homemade every year for every year that I lived in that neighborhood that I can remember trick-or-treating. That is and my dad always loved going to that house because, you know, we'd go, I'd grab my chips, my dad would throw him a dollar and get blueberry vodka, and we'd just keep on going. How about how about those mother, those neighbors that thought they were too smart for the room, or, or you say trick-or-treat, and they go, show me, show me, they say, show me a trick. No, asshole. Oh, trick-or-treats to you. Yeah. You give me a trick or a treat. I don't do a trick for you. You know, but sometimes you would get someone that actually would show you a trick. That happened to me like a few times with like little little magic tricks. Right. They give you candy anyway, but because yeah, no one no one gives you a, a trick ever. That should be awesome. Yeah. Give me a trick. Why not? Why not? Show me something cool. We can go on this more forever. I, there's so many different stories I have. We're um, done. Just the experience of going up to weird houses <laughs> when you're a kid, and you, you, I rarely had parental supervision. Nowadays, it's like required, or else parents freak out. That's a whole other conversation. But it was always like. 
The lights are off. It's a weird part of the neighborhood. There's there's no Halloween. There's no Halloween. Uh, the decorations are gone. There's, yeah. there's none at all. So this is either going to be no one home, scared, or you would be surprised and get an old lady come out and give you know what I mean. Give yeah, you candy. Yeah. It was always like that weird scared part of Halloween that I love. Anyway. We're done with this shortened podcast. I'm going to try to have a Halloween video out, speaking of that, Friday night. Probably not, though, since my week has been really shitty with my car battery dying, my phone battery dying, other weird stuff, doing this podcast, which I do love. But you know what? We'll see you in two weeks after the the fifth annual NES Marathon benefiting the Children's Miracle Network on November 8th and 9th. Tune into that at nesmarathon.com. Please give whatever you can. Spread the word on Twitter and, and, and Facebook and your other social media sites. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks for another Dead After Post Marathon. Yay! It'll be fun. So, for Ian Ferguson, I am Pat Contry. Recycle the tapes, even though you're listening to this on iTunes and Stitcher. Bye, everyone. Bye.